0: For all things land development planning and property this is property on fire with ian walmsley to find out how ian can help you visit propertyonfire.co.uk hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of property on fire so what do we have coming up on today's episode well we've got our usual updates from our various sites within leading homes and i'll be answering questions This week the questions are surrounding granny annexes and also prior approval if you are not the owner. And my rant this week, well, I'm sure it's not aimed at you and I'm positive about that. But uh, yeah, my rant this week is probably about people that you know who don't actually quite tell us what they're doing and they really should. So without further ado, Let's get started, but before we do, please do like, review and subscribe to this podcast and come with me on this property journey. Okay, well this week we are going to start with a quick update um, going around the various sites that we now have under Leading Homes. Now, first of all, on our office to resi conversion down in Totnes in South Devon, uh, we are getting closer, getting closer to getting this finally signed off by building control. It has been a bit of a battle, I think, is the a slight understatement. I think that's the best, best way to actually describe this. We have had the flats pretty much completed now, for probably about a month however we did have big problems with regards to getting the rendering completed on the outside because of a lot of bad weather a lot lot of rain it didn't seem to actually dry up at all but finally that was done however there's been one or two niggling little things to try and get the building control sign off now fingers crossed as of this week I think we are virtually there. I think we just have to lay a little bit of additional insulation in a void. That's on the second floor. Now, this area is actually going to be expanded upwards. We have planning permission to take off the pitch roof and replace that with a floor. And we'll actually create uh, four two-bed duplex flats, which will be very nice, all, all with balconies. However at the moment this is a void and as a result of this because the flats below are now below a void it means that we have to lay some rock wall on the floor above just to give a little bit of extra insulation. However once we've actually undertaken that this week we can give photographic evidence and hopefully we will then have complete sign off. So that will be good. We have a few residents that are desperate to move in. Uh, they are looking forward to actually completing on their purchases. Elsewhere on the site, sales are now starting to go through. Um, and we certainly have seen an uptake in sales over the last two or three weeks. On the exterior, we are continuing with the land escaping. And that is going well. And certainly having had the guys on site for the last month or two it is certainly making a very very big difference to the outlook of the site just by creating stuff like the rear gardens communal garden areas and stuff like this as well as paths and terraces around the site so i am hoping that the first residents can move in within the next week or so but then to be fair i've actually been thinking that now for the last month or three uh, but hopefully, fingers crossed, this time it will actually happen. I am thinking that Building Control have probably made their last visit to site, so that is good, or at least on this stage, anyway. Just before we move on to our next site, if you were listening to last week's episode, which was the budget special, uh, you will be aware that this week uh, we actually got our permission on our two additional floors down in Devon now this was a long long process Um, it's probably taken us at least 18 months if not more to actually achieve what we set out to achieve and I thought I'd just take a couple of moments to explain as to what we've actually achieved now, around about three years ago, I submitted actually two prior approvals. And one of those prior approvals was, the well, the first one was for 30 flats in a former office block. And the second application was for 26 flats in that office block. You may be saying, well, why submit two? Well, To be honest, my plans quickly changed and I realised that I was never going to get 30 flats inside of the office block. However, by actually submitting the first one of 30 and getting that through, I felt that at the time, now this was three years ago, I felt at the time that I was actually saying to the local authority, well, I want to actually put 30 flats on this particular site. Now, we actually did the PD on the 26 one and just ignored the 30 flat permitted development one, which incidentally, I actually got before we had any control or purchased the building, which is probably not advisable. I wouldn't advise that route because when you actually apply for planning, uh, that actual planning permission will remain with the building. So if I didn't actually go ahead and buy that, somebody else could have benefited from my works now roll it forward a further 18 months we then submitted one application to replace the pitch roof with a new floor and then to add two floors to the other wing now this would have culminated in the total of 31 flats but that application was taking an age it really was um and it had taken At that point, a good year before we actually got that planning permission through. And we got that through just before the start of the original lockdown. uh, So approximately a year ago now. However, the only reason we got it through was because in the end, we actually split the application. So the two additional floors, we said, okay, we'll put those in separately in order to get the pitch roof permission to be replaced by a floor. I hope you're keeping up here. So anyway, having got the floor on one of the blocks to replace the pitched roof, we then decided to put in the two new floors. Again, this has always been our plans for the site, and nothing has really altered on that. Now, we actually submitted this second planning or about the third or fourth, to be quite frank, on the site, uh, planning application um, round about nine months or so ago now. And although it was slow, yes, we were going through nicely. And then at the last second, uh, one of the councillors, bless him, he decided to actually call it into committee. And we were given approximately about a week's notice, if that, uh, to actually attend the committee meeting. I guess because it was such short notice, we actually did not have anybody speaking against the plans. Although, to be fair, a few councillors did actually express their uh, concerns uh, and their reservations about our plans. I chose to speak myself at the committee meeting because I felt that um, I was someone that had been passionate towards this. However, despite that... um, Yeah, look, I was actually hearing, I'm going to say a load of tosh from some of the people, and I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but it really was. um, Just listening to things that, unfortunately, I couldn't come back on as well. And it was very, very annoying just listening to inaccuracies and facts that just were not true um, you know to, to say that we are advertising this on Airbnb no we're not yes there may well have been the one estate agents advert saying these are possibly good for Airbnb but no we are not promoting them on Airbnb at all these are all flats on the open market with all with help to buy and to be honest the majority of them are the cheapest properties in the town It's as simple as that. I've stuck with my original promise of making them affordable. We have helped to buy on them all. Yes, there was always going to be some dearer properties, perhaps those with the balconies or those with gardens, etc. They will give a bit of a premium. But I'm afraid this is a business. I have a business to run and I have money to make, but they're not silly prices. You know, if you went and actually did a A right move, check on the town. They are the cheapest on the site. So anyway, yes, it was very frustrating to see photographs on the land behind. I land with a previous uh, developer that had done an estate behind. And councillors actually saying to me, well, are these trees going to be destroyed by this development? These trees aren't even on our land. I'm not even sure why they're even being shown to be on this. But, you know, this is what I was up against. But hey, I'm never one to give up. And yes, there were two votes. We had a vote, first of all, against uh, the development, which was lost. And then we had a vote for. And I'm pleased to say we actually won that. Um, we are going to revert back to the local authority on a few aspects, but yes, we are pleased to have finally got that across the line. And so, yes, my original aim three years or so ago of 30 flats, well, I've ended up with 31. So my, my views and my aims have not changed over the last three years or so. And I'm glad that finally we have the permission that I sought If I'm going to give you one piece of advice here, please, whatever you're doing in property, just don't give up. Just keep on going. Keep plugging away. Keep persevering. Keep believing in what you believe in. Believe in your dreams. Believe in your desires. And just stick at it and go for it. Right, up to the site in North Devon in a rather nice little town called Westwood Hoe. And if you've caught the previous episodes, you'll be aware that we have a 14 bungalow site with full planning, virtually ready to go. Uh, We are just doing some pre-commencement conditions and those are being dealt with at the moment by our architect team and the other people involved in that process. But as part of that, we've actually been reviewing the four designs that we actually have for the various bungalows that will be erected on this site. Uh, it's, It's a case, to be honest, of trying to maximise the site within each bungalow and also bring them up to date. As I've probably said before, a lot of these designs are probably at least seven, eight, maybe even more years old. And so they they do need bringing up to date for 2021 and beyond. So we're looking as to how we can reorganize the interior to make sure that uh, the house just flows and that people can use it for modern living. Now, one of the other things that we are actually looking at as the gardens are a reasonable size, we're actually looking as to how residents that may buy the bungalows could potentially expand the bungalows out to the rear under permitted development. Each of the detached bungalows will actually be able to go out up to four metres in depth. And so they may well be able to add on an additional bedroom or an additional living room or whatever they may choose to do so. But it's just as important that they can actually go ahead and do this, that the layout of the existing bungalow works so uh, that they don't have to do a mass reorganization of the rooms. I think doing this at this stage will increase the saleability of these bungalows as well. Yes, we are looking for a decent return on the bungalows, and I know that the investors that are on board with us will also be getting a good return as well. And on that subject, uh, as with anything, if anybody would ever like to invest in any of our sites... We are now operating a earn and learn system for our various sites so that you can actually earn whilst you learn. But of course, we still get inquiries for people who would like to actually loan us money. And we're always interested in talking to anybody who may be interested in doing that going forward with any of our sites within Leading Homes. Now, one good bit of news this week is that we have a third large site as well. So we actually completed on an option uh, during the last week. And this is for a site within Cornwall. As there is still a trading business on this site, we have to be a little bit careful in what we actually put out as far as the location is concerned. But needless to say, it is a prime site within Cornwall and we are hoping to get planning to actually be able to build a number of houses and a number of flats within this town. Quite often, you will actually hear people saying that that they actually completed on an option for a pound. Well, that is how we do like to do it as well. However, in this situation, we actually pay £10,000. Now, bearing in mind that the GDV, ought to be something in excess of £20 million. Putting down £10,000 at this stage, to be honest, wasn't too bad at all. But as I said earlier, we do need to be aware of the company that is still trading on this site uh, because it's important that we do not disrupt their business whilst we are still undertaking the uh, initial process and indeed the planning applications for the site going forward but they will also benefit as well. The option means that they will do very nicely from the deal as well, as will our investors and everyone else that's actually involved with the site going forward. And on that particular site, we are currently talking to one person, uh, whereby they will literally at least double their investment with us on this particular site. But again, We are still welcome to talk to anyone else that might be interested in investing with us or or loaning us money as far as these sites are concerned. Right. The first question this week actually comes from Steve Chambers, and he actually sent his question via the contact form on the main Property on Fire website. So that's at propertyonfire.co.uk But hey, I don't mind how people get hold of me. Um, You know, you can email me in propertyonfire.co.uk or you can tweet me at propertyonfire or just get hold of me via any of the social media. I really don't mind. Steve says in his message, he says, Hi, Ian. Love the podcast. Well, thank you, Steve. Very, very kind of you. Possibly a question for you to answer in an episode. Annexes with bedroom, bathroom and kitchen. Either for a granny, a tenancy or as a holiday list. Created as a development or as a conversion of an existing outbuilding. Maybe a detached garage or as a conversion of a part of a house. Perhaps a double garage. Lots of misunderstanding which I hope you can clear up. Okay, well thank you first of all Steve for your message. And I will do my best to clear all the questions up for you. So I guess the first question to answer is, does this actually need planning permission? Part one class E allows for outbuildings. However, unfortunately, if the building is intended to be slept in, then I'm afraid it is going to require planning permission. Class E does allow for the erection of an outbuilding on up to 50% of the land around your home i.e. the curtilage. Now, this does actually include any extensions that that you may have, um, but it also includes sheds and other outbuildings. So first of all, you must make sure that you do not exceed this 50%, as if you do, then you are going to need planning permission even for the outbuilding to even exist. Now, the technical guidance for permitted development rights for householders is quite clear on the matter as far as Granny Annex is concerned. And it says, Class E sets out the rules on permitted development for buildings, etc. within the curtilage of a house. Buildings which are attached to the house are not permitted under Class E. They would be subject to rules in Class A. And it's talking about extensions there. Buildings under Class E should be built for purposes incidental to the enjoyment of the house. It then goes on to say, Paragraph E4 of Class E indicates that purposes incidental to the enjoyment of the house includes the keeping of poultry, bees, pet animals, birds or other livestock for domestic needs or personal enjoyment of the occupants of the house. But the rules do allow, subject to the conditions and limitations a large range of other buildings on land surrounding the house. Examples could include common buildings such as garden sheds, other storage buildings, garages, and garden decking, as long as they can be properly described as having a purpose incidental to the enjoyment of the house. And then this is the killer line, I'm afraid. A purpose incidental to a house would not, however, cover normal residential uses such as a separate self contained accommodation or the use of an outbuilding for primary living accommodation, such as a bedroom, bathroom, or kitchen. So, on the face of it, yes, this does rather scupper the plans that you may have, Steve, I'm afraid, for the outbuilding under permitted development rights. However, as I've probably said on this podcast before and several places elsewhere, Um, There is nothing to stop you from, say, creating a gym in your garden for the use of the residents of the house. Then, at a later date, apply for permission to convert that legal outbuilding to a granny annex, which is a completely different scenario. A gym may well contain a small kitchenette, uh, perhaps for mixing up your sports drinks. And then you'll probably require a shower in that gym uh, for refreshing yourself after a workout to avoid having to go back to the house, then go upstairs, etc. However, if you do create this, I would always recommend getting a Lawful Development Certificate once construction is actually complete of said gym um, or similar outbuilding. So what you've actually created there is a building with a gym, but with a shower and a kitchenette um, to support the use of that gym. You mentioned the garage, and sure, you can also convert this garage to some other use that's incidental um, for the house. Now, if you've got an internal garage, then fine. It's an internal part of the house. But if it's external, then yes, you will will require a change of use to actually go to a granny annex or something similar. Just a check on that. If you're going to convert an internal garage, by the way, just make sure you do not have restricted permitted development rights. Uh, For example, on new estates, they may well prevent you from converting the garage for a period of time. I've seen it quite often being five-year period and uh, This is in the aim of trying to encourage people to actually park in their garages and not being able to be forced to park on their own. However, as you and I know all too well, the average garage is hardly suitable for actually parking a car in it, unfortunately. They uh, just do not make them large enough. So if you're going to create one from scratch, you are going to need planning permission uh, to actually create a granny annex from, from scratch. You You will require that. However, if you can actually convert a legal outbuilding, which has been used for some other purpose, such as a gym, then all you are actually doing is putting in a change of use request, which to be honest, ought to be a little bit simpler. So that is the avenue that I would go down. Now, to create a separate dwelling, especially for lettings, you are going to come up against the same issue here. So I hope that answers your question, Steve. But if you need any other information, if you need further guidance on this, then please do get in touch, Steve. And really appreciate you contacting me this week via the Property on Fire website at propertyonfire.co.uk. I've actually created a page ideally for you, uh, Steve, on my Planning Geek website website. So I will actually put the direct link to a granny annex uh, in today's show notes for you and anybody else who may be interested in that article, which goes into a little bit greater detail as to what you can and can't do. This is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. And now, Ian's rant. Right, first of all, before I get headlong into my rant this week I got several comments last week for my rant about estate agents photographs and the idea of underwear actually appearing in these photographs Um, quite a few of you actually resonated with this rant and yes you did rather like it and I'm so glad about that because it seems to be a very very common common problem If you didn't listen to last week's episode, episode 16, then please just download it via your favourite app and go and have a listen. But this week, my rant is probably aimed, I mean, is it actually aimed at you? I don't know. I don't know because I don't always know everyone that's actually listening to this podcast. But if this sounds like you, then yes, it is aimed at you, my listeners and I'm afraid I'm actually going to rant about lack of information on social media. As you're probably aware, I co-host a number of rooms on Clubhouse, and if you've not actually discovered Clubhouse yet, then I recommend wholeheartedly just getting involved. At the moment, it's only on iOS, which considering I am an Android phone user, Is a little bit annoying, to be honest, but it will be on Android very soon. Uh, But for me personally, I have to use an older iPad. um, And of course, I have to use that via Wi-Fi. By using this on this clubhouse, I've I've probably got, I don't know, two, two and a half thousand followers, which is really nice. I co-host a room every morning from seven till nine. And we also do one on a Monday night. Uh, with uh, Richard and Bryn Little about developments, planning and land. And then we do another one on Tuesday evenings uh, with another couple of other guys, Dick Sesh and Emmanuel and a couple of others. And we actually do one on Commercial to Resi. Now, first of all, hey, you're very welcome to join us on any of the clubhouses, uh, rooms that I run. However, however, however... Quite often when people come up and they ask questions, the first thing that I will do is I will click on their photograph and then open up their profile. And you'll be amazed how many blank profiles there are or how many profiles do not actually tell me what that person actually does. What use is that, folks? What use is it? To actually hide behind your photo and not actually tell people. Yet quite often in the same question, they are asking as to how they could perhaps raise money or how they could find joint venture partners or how they can find anything else. Well, people are not mind readers. Yes, I spoke earlier about raising money for our sites, Sure. But unless I tell people the fact that we are looking for investors or for loans or anything else, people do not know. They don't know the fact that they can come to us and earn 10, 12, 15 percent, whatever it might be as a loan. They do not know that. You have to tell people. And it's not just Clubhouse. It isn't just Clubhouse. Quite often I am sent friend requests and I probably get 10, 15, 20, may you be even a day quite often, friend requests on Facebook and other social media platforms. And the first thing I will do, rather than just clicking accept, 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 I will actually go because on Facebook you're limited to 5,000 people only. The first thing I actually do is I actually go and have a look at the profile of anyone that's sending a friend request. And guess what? Quite often those profiles do not tell me that you are in property for example so why would I then possibly accept the friend request okay that person may well be in property and 95% of the time they are and I usually find it buried very very deep perhaps in a a, say, a group or something that that they've liked They've, they've liked a page or something like that but boy do I have to dig And I shouldn't have to do that. It should be shouting out from your profile as to what you actually do. Or it should be saying what you want from those people who are reading your profile. If you're going to do anything in the next week, just just take five minutes to actually have a look at your own profile. And I have to do it myself. I'm not perfect in any shape or imagination. I have to go and look at mine as well. And I have to go and double check on mine. In the same way as you post regularly to social media. Keep it up. Be consistent. But yeah, just just go and update your profile. Just go and check and shout it out. Shout out what you want from other people because they are not mind readers. I've joked in the past about having a crystal ball. Well, I don't think anybody really has a crystal ball or have made anything decent from them. It just doesn't work. Right, okay, you can prove me you're wrong if that's the case, but I don't think they really work. All right, just bits of glass, all right, just bits of glass that's all they are. Okay, so what I'm just saying here, just tell people, tell people, tell people, just do it this week for me, all right, and then I won't ever have to rant about it ever again and it won't get my goat anymore. All right, so if I've got something and I've got some land or something like that that I'm looking to sell. or pass on, or whatever, or some something else. And I read your profile, and there's something I can offer you. Then hey, guess what? I will make contact. If you don't tell me, I can't make contact. And I can't do anything to help. So I hope that's been of use this week. It's said a little bit in jest. All all my rants are, and I'm really I'm not having to go at anybody in particular. But if that is you. Then, yeah, let's uh, do something about this, folks, this week. Oh, and by the way, yes, I do have to tell my men that this as well. So it's not just people who are perhaps just getting into property or anything else uh, or into any other sort of business, line of business, uh, looking to, uh, to attract people. It is those who are being men that as well. Uh, we all have to have guidance from time to time. And hey, if I can help anybody then I'm only too delighted to do that. Okay, enough of my ranting. I shall calm down now. We have time, I think, for one final question this week. And this actually comes from Alan. And thank you, Alan, first of all, for your uh, good messages about the podcast. I'm glad you enjoy it as well. Um, And yes, I do enjoy getting your questions, whether they be via Twitter, email or via the form on the website, or any other method for that matter. So thank you, Alan, for that. Now, Alan is asking me, is it legal for somebody to submit a prior approval on a property that they do not own? And the simple answer to that, Alan, is yes, you can. Right at the beginning of this episode, you may recall that I actually said that for my uh, property down in Devon, I submitted two prior approvals. Now, both of those prior approvals were actually submitted on an office block before I actually owned them. And the first one was actually submitted uh, before I even had any sort of control on it as well. Something which I don't really advise if I'm honest, but I still did it. So yes, you can submit it on any building that you do not own or even control unlike a full planning application there is no space on the prior approval form to say that you have either contacted the owner or made an attempt to contact the owner so even with a full planning application you don't actually need the owner's permission if you can't actually track them down it is still possible to actually submit a planning application on a property But as I said earlier in this episode, if you do get planning or if somebody gets planning on, say, your building or anyone else's building, that planning permission stays with that building until such time as that building is demolished. Apart from that, the planning permission remains with the building and it's the owner of that property who will benefit or perhaps a future owner. Just in case you're going to ask me, no, even if you speak to the owner on a prior approval and they said oh no I don't wish you to do it well actually um, there isn't too much they can really do about it to be honest but yeah just work with the owner of that property but no I'm afraid you do not need um, the owner and it, is, it will still be legal I'm afraid Alan so I hope that helps you this week and if you've got any further queries Alan on your question do feel free to come back to me and I'll be only too delighted to help you further. Just before I close, um, I don't know if you're on Clubhouse yet. I keep mentioning Clubhouse because, do you know what? I'm enjoying it. Um, Got something in the region of two and a half thousand followers, which is all very nice. Um, But probably been on there now for the best part of three months And apart from co-hosting the uh, property coffee meet every single morning, seven days a week between seven and nine, I now also co-host a couple of uh, rooms in evenings, Monday evening and Tuesday evening, uh, to do with uh, commercial development and land and planning, etc. So I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Plus, I tend to pop up quite often, Uh, both during the week and at the weekends on various rooms where I'm actually now being actually invited to uh, moderate on rooms, which is again, very nice. Um, And it's great being able to help people. So if you're not on Clubhouse yet, uh, please do see if you can get on to it. I'm afraid it is iOS only. Now, I do not own an iPhone. I make no secret of that. I'm an Android person. However, I do have an iPad. So I use the iPad uh, for connecting, and it works pretty well, to be honest. Um, I just really need a, a Wi-Fi signal. But apart from that, I, I guess I could hotspot off my phone, Um, And it will work fine. So if I can manage it, perhaps you can as well. Um, You do not need an iPhone. It is due out on Android. Well, they've said March. Well, I don't know if it will be out in March, um, but it may be April. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, if you are on it, please feel free to touch base and uh, yeah, just give me a shout and I'll be more than happy to help you on that platform. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode or this week's episode of Property on Fire. Thank you to Steve and to Alan for your questions. And don't forget, if you have questions, you can email me in at propertyonfire.co.uk. You can tweet me at propertyonfire, or you can get a hold of me on Facebook or any of the other social platforms. And talking about social platforms, please do keep an eye out for my feeds on Instagram, and also on Facebook and and Twitter and uh, LinkedIn because I am now posting virtually every single day and I am posting a lot of photographs from our various sites within Leading Homes. So if you want to see it um, and not just hear about our sites, then please do touch base, follow me on the various social media platforms. You should be able to find the various links in today's show notes for that, for my various profiles. Um, but if you go to link.tree slash Ian Wormsley, uh, you should also be able to find links to my various social media. So link.tree uh, slash Ian Warmsley. But if you just want to find me on that or just go to the profile on today's show notes, um, you can follow me there. So talking about helping, as I always say, if I can help you in your property journey, then do please get in touch. Keep safe and we'll chat again next Tuesday. So please have a wonderful week. Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. Please use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe to the show. And if you'd like a question answered on a future episode, email ian at propertyonfire.co.uk.